The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Life as a Life Schooler, where we talk about how to merge life with homeschooling. I'm Danielle Papagiorgio, and I'm joined today again uh, by my friend Christy Deason. Hey, Christy. Hi, Danielle. So, for how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Well, good. So, for those who don't know who you are, who haven't been listening to the podcast as regularly, why don't you just briefly share kind of a little background about who you are and your homeschooling, life schooling journey, and then we'll move on to our topic of the day. Okay, I'm happy to do that. Um, I have been married this year for 35 years to my husband, Ed. We have two children who are now adults, um, both married, and I have a granddaughter um, and also have a, a new grandbaby on the way. And we homeschooled our kids. Yes, we're very excited. Um, we homeschooled our children uh, all through the years, except the one caveat of my daughter. The ex- I call it the first grade experiment. We did that. But after that, we uh, took her back home. And my children were homeschooled all the way through. And we went from trying to do school at home to relaxing little by little by little to really when I look back now, really what we were, ended up doing was life schooling. So we, we uh, had a wonderful experience with that, ran the gamut of experiences. And, um, you know, my kids both did very well. They did well in school. They've done well in life and, um, you know, grown up, gotten married and starting to have children. Just We're just normal people and our kids didn't go to school. That's really what I tell people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. Well, I love having you on because I just think it's so important that we hear from those who have gone before us and who have done this thing successfully. And it's just always so encouraging. And I think, you know, there's some great uh, bloggers out there and other influencers that maybe are still in homeschooling in that whole arena but i think there's something Mm -hmm. really to be said about really gleaning from those who have already done it you know they've been there they've done that and they have the proof to prove that it works so i just i always love having you on to just chat about some of these topics and today we're going to talk about something that is maybe not either your or my real strong point, if you will. <laughs> but perhaps mm-hmm. that's why we did follow a little bit more of a life schooling approach, and that is scheduling or routines. Um, and I wanted right. to talk about this today because I really do feel like it's it's important to understand that homeschooling is going to be a very individualized process. <laughs> We've heard that term before you know that's the the whole definition of life schooling is the individualized process of discovering your child's god-given gifts and talents primarily through real life experiences that happen within the context of your family's unique situations and missions so that's the whole life schooling thing but i do think with any style of homeschooling it's really important to that it really works for you that it works for your family that it works for each child's individual personalities and your personality as a mom. And I'll tell you what, Christy, I just, you know, the whole school at home thing. I think we all Mm -hmm. dabble with that a little bit, at least to a certain degree, because that's what we're all used to. That's what we think education is because that's what was done to us. And so I, I did that. Um, but my experience was like a day. And then I was like, <laughs> okay, this is not working. Now, I'm exaggerating a bit. I did, um, we went with the whole, you know, box curriculum. You've got your first grade, second grade, third, you know, and, and divided up by chapter, not chapters, but um, subjects. You know, so we we dabbled with that for probably a couple years. But I say dabbled because as far as it being super strict and regimented, Literally, it probably did just last a week or two 
because I just quickly realized with my kindergartner, I could not uh, sit there and do school with him for six hours of the day because literally that's how long it took. And we may have talked about this before. Um, I don't, I don't remember, but I do share this story um, every so often about our first day. And that's literally how long it took to get through all of the different classes. Uh, You know, we had talked to a former teacher who had homeschooled. And so she was the expert that I was looking up to. And she said, oh, well, you need to have your English and, and reading and you need to have your math and you need to have your science and you need to have your music class and your art class and your like it was so segmented and regimented and with a kindergartner uh yeah okay (laughs) I know and I look back now and I just laugh I'm like oh my word no wonder no wonder these moms (laughs) burn out Christy because you can't do it you cannot do that and then you add more than one child and i'm telling you i had a super academic i mean my oldest son is very academic very um that's just his thing like he would have thrived in school because he's Mm -hmm. just like that that's just him um but even for him after sitting that length of time and and he says now yeah i remember that it was fun but it was really long I was really tired afterwards. <laughs> so no child at the age of five, and actually he was younger than that because, like I said, he's super academic. It's, it's just him. I think he was actually three. So, yeah. Now, um, now I say that like verbalizing that to you, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that first child. We're so eager with I that know. first child, though. For we real. are, yeah. And and again, like he really <laughs> loved it. But what I should have been doing is, first of all, obviously, let him play a lot. But he did like academics, so we should have done that. But maybe like an hour, maybe thirty minutes, right? Something light, right. something that would have been what he was comfortable with. You know, an amount of time that would have worked fine for him. And that was not it. Right. But like I said, at least that didn't last very long. I did have enough sense not to continue with that right. that whole thing. <laughs> oh goodness! So so yeah, um, all of that to circle back around and say, not only did that not work because it was the whole school at home approach and trying to do things like a school classroom, which really doesn't work in a home school, but also with my personality i mean i just got bored <laughs> right like i can't i i can't i can't do the same thing every day i can't follow that kind of structure um it's just it doesn't work for me and so the whole life schooling thing like that to me is fun i just i've got to i've got to have something different going on every day and and you know for my kids you know i do have to obviously structure things more or I did for Connor he's older now so he's 17 he's kind of doing his own thing at this point but but I guess what I'm saying is you have to adjust to your children as well but if you're the kind of personality that really just can't do a lot of strict scheduling and structuring that's okay they're going to learn I mean, right. it's, it's really hard to stop a child from learning because right. that's, that's something that is in us. Like God designed us to be learners. So, right. so I wanted to kind of get your perspective on that whole thing and what did it look like for you? And like, did you follow more of a schedule or was it more of a routine? Because we're kind of, we're kind of routine people and I'll talk about that in a minute. But what did yours look like? Um, really what mine developed into was a rhythm. I kind of referred to it as a rhythm. Um, more of a, our days had the same type of rhythm. I guess the way to put that would be the same kind of energy, uh, flow through it. So that the mornings were usually pretty quiet and we all, the three of us kind of waited into the day, you know, we, we would like, we don't, we're not people to get up. And hit the ground running. At least <laughs> kind of easy the are. day. 
Yeah, we eased into the day. Maybe the maybe now that they have their own lives and they hit the ground running, um, and you know, they've had to do that with school and jobs as they were adults. But right. in our school at home, or I don't even like to put it that way, in, in our home, we eased into the day. Um, that was a rhythm, and then we would get moving on. You know, if we did do any formal subjects, then we would get moving on that, and then the afternoon, everything kind of picked up, and then there was you know, we were just doing life stuff where they were mm-hmm. either you know depending on their age right what they what they were doing you know if they were younger then we did some book work and then we ate lunch and then they played and while they played I did things that I needed to do or we ran errands and and then in the later afternoon it would be more about uh, slowing down I would start cooking dinner they like they both played string instruments so they would practice in the afternoons and and that of course I was when they were a little older and then dad would, you know, daddy comes home, we have dinner, and then we do whatever we do at night with dad. And which, when, when I say that, we never did academic subjects at night with dad. Ed, Ed was never um, formally a teacher. He was a, he taught many things to his children by virtue of being with his kids and working on things with them that they wanted to do together. But I never saved subjects or anything for him. So when I say time with dad, I mean, you know, come home and, depending on the age, like I said, you know, when they were younger, it was just, he would play with them and then we'd, you know, get them ready for bed, put them in bed. And then as they got older and they were doing sports and we'll might have to go to a practice and, mm-hmm. or we might just, you know, watch, we like to watch old TV shows like Hogan's Heroes and things. We might do something oh, yeah. like that. And then <laughs> we do that. You know, then the bedtime routine. Yeah. And then things, but so as they grew, that routine changed, but the rhythm did not. Right. So the rhythm stayed the same for right. us because I couldn't, I tried all that, uh, you know, writing it down and from here to here we do this, from this time to this time we do this. And it just, it never, ever, ever worked for us. In fact, Caroline, my oldest, when she was five, she had been in two-day preschool at age four, biggest mistake I ever made. And not, it was a great preschool as they go, but she got these ideas about school in her head <laughs> and when she was five and I started to homeschool because I didn't plan on homeschooling her I just when it came time to go to kindergarten I was like Phew, I don't think I can do that so I kept her home and she I tried to do school at home with her but it wasn't schooly enough she wanted to salute the flag she <laughs> wanted to pack up a, a lunchbox she wanted and I, and I kept saying we're at home we can learn the salute but <laughs> you know you don't recess it, it's Playtime. She'd already learned all the terminologies, even. That's so. Funny. That was one reason I threw in. I shouldn't say threw. That's one reason we put her into first grade because I thought, well, okay, maybe you know. Mm-hmm. And then we brought her back up. So I really we were more into a rhythm than a routine. Every time I well rhythm routine routine could be considered rhythm, but anytime mm-hmm. I tried to ed- impose a schedule on them or on myself is when things got stressful. Right, right. And I agree. So, and then, you know, and then as things, as you progress, certain things impose time frames on you, like music lessons or sports or, right. you know, right. art classes or acting or whatever it is as they progress. Or, well, not progress because you're not digressing, but as they, as they go along mm-hmm. and they start to do things more, then, you know, those outside things would dictate more. But I, but honestly, look at I would be like, okay, well, I don't really want to do anything in the morning. I really protected our mornings. If I could mm-hmm. schedule things after lunch, I would do it. Now, music right. was an exception. We pretty much spent all day Wednesday doing our music. But they loved doing it, so it was fine. But dental appointments, doctor's appointments, any for me, for them, that rhythm was really what was important to me. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I'm, I'm the same... Yeah, I'm the same way. I protect that morning time mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I just feel like anytime I have not done that, you know, there'll be these seasons where, oh, I'm so busy. I've got to do all this stuff for the life schooling conference or this or that. And mm-hmm. so I'll kind of, well, it'll be fine, you know, because cause I am on that other side of the spectrum, you know, the Lucy Goosey side. And Me so, too. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've learned that I because I lean too far that way, I do have to set up some boundaries. So that morning yes, time, me too. 
I have set that up to be very protected. I turn my phone on silent. I turn, I don't turn my computer on because you know, the minute I turn it on, mm. I'm going to get sucked right. in. Oh, let me just answer right. this one email or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then an hour later, I'm like, well, I guess I should start school at 11 o'clock. <laughs> Um, right. So, yeah, I have had to learn that I have to protect that morning time. And I'm the same way. I don't schedule appointments. We really just stay home in the mornings as much as possible. Yeah. Because for me, that's that's the only way I'll get anything done from any sort mm -hmm. of a quote unquote scheduling perspective. And we don't do the time f slots either because I'm like you. Any time we've tried to do that, it just adds extra stress that I don't feel is necessary. Mm -hmm. um, why do we expect that every day from 10 to 11 is going to look exactly the same? And, you know, we're not going to have some important phone call that happens or some somebody needing some special attention or, you know, like it's, you, you right. can't, you can't know what's going to go on from 10 to 11 every single day. And so, exactly. so that's why, you know, in a general sense, if we can just block off that morning time, then I feel good about that because then, then that's protected. And if something does come in and interfere with that time, well, then we've got some flexibility. We can do a little bit at lunchtime or after lunch or whatever. And right. uh, we really like to do our reading time during lunch, like our science reading. Um, mm -hmm. I have a lot of little science books, and so I'll read a science book to Corbin at lunch, and he, he really enjoys that. And I feel like it's kind of taking care of two things at once. He's getting fed, and he's also getting some mm -hmm. brain stimulation. <laughs> right, sure. But, you know, I love, I love that word you used, rhythm, because I think of music, and music mm -hmm. can be so individual. You know, you've got classical, you've got rock, you've got everything in between and so it's it's all so different but yet you have a structure to music right you've got the beats you've got yeah. um certain yeah. rules of music that don't change mm -hmm. and so right. i think that's a great word to use actually i really like it it is more of a rhythm okay. it's kind of it's it's like music yeah. so and everybody, so, everybody marches to the beat of a different drummer, right? <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> See, it fits. Uh, it does. Funny. Well, and, and going back to, to the kind of easing into the day, because we're very much that way, too. I mean, I get up, and whenever I get up is when I get up. And then mm -hmm. I have my devotion time in bed, which I really try to not, again, it's one of those times that I really protect because... Right. I know if I rush through that time and just jump right into the day, oh, I've got so much to do, it's going to all fall apart. And nothing amazes me more, but it really shouldn't, but nothing amazes me more than the fact that if it's, it's like this weird principle, the more time I spend in the word and praying, it's like my time multiplies throughout mm. the day. I don't really understand how right. that works. But somehow, like, everything will just fall into place and get taken care of, and people I needed to contact will contact me. And, you know, so it's like, it's a really weird, amazing thing. And it's just a blessing that the Lord mm -hmm. does that when we honor him first and foremost. Um, so that's the time that I really, I protect that. So generally, generally, I come out of my bedroom around maybe eight thirty nine 9 o'clock, we get breakfast, and then we get going into our routine, our rhythm at about 10 o'clock, which feels mm -hmm. late when I say that. I think, man, the morning's like half over. But that works for us, particularly because right. my older two are older, so they're kind of on their own. And then Corbin is seven, and he just really can't do more than an hour or two. It's just his maximum. Right. <laughs> I have right. a very kinesthetic learner on my hands. And so mm -hmm. he has to move. He has to do projects. He has to run around. He has to play a sure. lot. He's seven. He's seven. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Although if I don't want to, I don't want to know, know seven-year-olds that sit all day long. They're, they can't be very happy children. 
I, know. I shouldn't say I don't want to know them, but I mean, <laughs> what I mean no, is them. <laughs> I wouldn't want that for a right. seven-year-old to have to sit still all day right. and maybe have 30 minutes of wiggle time. Exactly. It's, you know? it's not mm-hmm. healthy. I mean, even Connor, no. again, I go back to him as studious as he was. Yeah, he could sit. He could sit for a very long time, but it's it's not good. I think kids learn right. better when they're up moving around, the blood's flowing, and they're able to mm-hmm. explore their world and play. That That's the mm-hmm. best way to learn, in my opinion. Test out their theories. You know, they have right. their own little theories. They have to test them out. Right, exactly. So. There's a really neat book. Mm-hmm. I mentioned it on another podcast uh, where I was talking about some of my favorite books. So for those of you who are listening, if you want to go back and check out, there were two podcasts about my favorite books. And one of the books I mentioned in there is called Project-Based Homeschooling. That's a really mm. neat book, and I need to pull it out again because I don't know about you, but I get about mm, a third to a halfway to halfway through a book, and then I set it aside because I have other books I want to read. Yes, and so I do I'm, the same thing. It's awful. It's a terrible habit. I never used to do that, but I've gotten into that habit, so I'm reading probably about 40 different books right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's ridiculous. The problem then becomes referencing them. For me, uh, yeah, because then yeah. I think, I know I read that, and I might be telling Somewhere. you the wrong book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But yeah, it's a great book, Project-Based Homeschooling, because that's oh, exactly awesome. what it's talking about, is is allowing your kids to sort of explore different ideas and to do these projects, and then you're just sort of the one who helps oversee it and and kind of gently directs or you know they're they have a mm-hmm. lot of really neat suggestions on how you can interact with your child through these different projects that they may um do so it's a it's a neat one cool okay I'll check so, that out yeah yeah did you i guess i want to come back so you didn't actually write anything out then it was just more of that rhythm that you Ooh. went through on a daily basis or did you? I tried to write things out, and and certainly when I was following something in particular, um, I would write out lists for sure. Like for my son, I wrote out a, a lot of things because he worked off of a list. I could tell my daughter 10 things. She could do them in order. My mm-hmm. son, and that's not saying my son's not smart. He's just right. different. Just different. He's very, well, he's very visual. He learns by reading. That's his main learning style is by reading. So I would write out things for him so he could just tick off the list. And for myself, I would write, and I still do it, just a list of things that I need to get done or whatever. But it was just to have something to reference. And we sometimes would use Sunlight Curriculum, but we never um, adhered to the schedule of it. But I would write down, you know, if we were going to read one of the books, you know, which book were we reading that day? And I... We just would read until we got tired of reading. We didn't follow page to page and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, so I did write things down, but not in a way that it was. It was just really for reference for me to remember certain I, certain things. Like I said, I still do that now for whatever I'm doing. Just mm-hmm. and I didn't have technology. Um, there were no iPhones. Um, I didn't use any sort of pay, pen and paper. That was what I had and what I used in a paper calendar, those big desk calendars. I would write things down like that so I could, and I still do. That's just for life, you know, to say, okay, what's going on this month? Exactly. Um, And when I tried to go really strict and uh, scheduled, because when my kids turned teenagers, I thought, okay, well, now I really need to put into place, you know, (laughs) this schedule and this thing. And I tried it, and it was so awful it number one i felt like a failure because we could never stick to it right. <laughs> like, okay yeah. we're we can't even stick to this so and it, but we were but i had to look at are we getting things done though or are, are we accomplishing what we're what we're setting out to accomplish you know am i satisfied with where they are and where they're going and what you're looking at it in big chunks instead of day to day then right. you know if i felt like okay well we're doing what we should be doing, we're headed in the right direction, then, you know, okay, then I'm letting go of this strict notebook type thing that just wasn't working for me. Now, I know, and I have some friends who are much more regimented, that that would make them batty, 
you know, I, they, you'd have to put them in the yes. white coat. So that would be my mom. You, my mom and I could not okay. be any more opposite in this respect. <laughs> and that works for her. Exactly. That She's works scheduled for her. and regimented, and that works for her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she would feel insecure if she weren't. But here's the problem. If, if you're scheduled like and regimented like that and your child isn't, there has to be a compromise somewhere. Yes. Like yes. my daughter, Caroline, bless her heart, my little guinea pig, she... <laughs> she really would have responded very well to much more regimentation and scheduling. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's the one that wanted, you know, lunchbox, recess, flute flex. <laughs> <laughs> and so I really probably didn't pick up on that very well and certainly didn't institute it. But she did say this, and I think you might have heard her say this and when she spoke to a group of moms that um, – by virtue of me not being that way, she had to put it into place for herself. Right. And that made it something that came from inside of her that was real for her because she created it and she put mm-hmm. and made that for herself and made that a part of her life um, because she knew she needed it. Therefore, she knew how she learned, how she studied, what she needed to do routine-wise, and it stayed with her. So right. by virtue of... I didn't know I was doing that. That wasn't planned. <laughs> I'm not that clever. <laughs> so, you know, God in his mercy um, and his wisdom, you know, that she she filled in the gap. You know, he, he, had, he knew she was that way. So she learned that for herself. My son, mm-hmm. Michael, much more like me. And that worked for him. He's mm-hmm. more chill. And that worked for him. So... I didn't have to be one way for her and a different way for him. I was just myself. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, it's good to kind of recognize things. Maybe I could have said, well, honey, okay, then you write out your schedule and you, and then you can stick to it. You had, I thought that way, but I really just didn't think that way, but it worked. Uh I mean, in spite of me, it worked. Well, you know, it's very very reassuring for me to hear that (laughs) because I think we have similar similar situations because Connor is that same way. I don't know. Maybe it's an oldest child Mm -hmm. thing or something. Might be. Yeah, but but he is very regimented and scheduled by nature. Every single Mm -hmm. night without fail, I would tuck him in bed. Okay, mommy, what are we doing tomorrow? Like he wanted the schedule. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember, I feel badly now because I used to get so frustrated. Like, Connor, we'll find out tomorrow when we when we get to the day. Just, you know, go to bed. <laughs> because, yes, Caroline likes to know what's going to happen the next day. Too. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm just happy I have oatmeal. I mean, I know. really? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> we'll eat breakfast. Oh, goodness. Yes. So it was that same same type of situation. I'm on one extreme, he's on the other, but that's, again, like God is so wise in who he puts yeah. in our families because he knows what yeah. we need and he knows what our children need. And I have the right. same, it's just funny to hear you talk because there's so many similarities <laughs> because Connor has said that same thing to me. You know, I'm really glad that <laughs> that you were so laid back and you wouldn't tell me what the schedule was. He said, cause I had to learn how to relax and how to be able to go with the right. floor because it does right. drive him crazy. And right. you know, I could have compromised a little bit more from my end. And I wish again, now that I, that I had, but we're all a work in progress and, and learning. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a good point though, because I think we try too much to make things comfortable for our children as homeschool parents because we're so worried right. in the first place are we even should we do should we be doing this are we doing it right will it turn out um we we don't know we can't know while we're in it and we think if we make things as um what's the word it's not that we're trying to spoil our children or give them everything they want but we're thinking that if we we give them the atmosphere or the environment that they we think that they need that's mm-hmm. most conducive to making it pleasurable or easy for them that that's the ticket. But honestly, I don't think that it is. Certainly, you don't try to make it harder. But mm-hmm. Connor and Caroline, as our examples, by virtue of them something not being in place, it created something 
they had to go out and create that and make that for themselves, which is right. true learning. Right. And right. had it been that, had we had we tried to fill in those gaps and make those things happen for them and oh we don't want you to be uncomfortable, then they wouldn't be as adaptable. Right. That's very they, true. They wouldn't. Yeah, they would. They had to learn. And, and truth of the matter is, you know, they probably are attracted to people that are opposite of them. So if mm-hmm. they marry someone that's opposite of them, um, then they're going to have to be adaptable mm-hmm. to to that type of loosey goosiness. <laughs> well, and they can put in their own structure. Exactly. Well, so, it's funny because, yeah. uh, you know, as, as our kids get older and um, as mine are getting older, I think sometimes about what type of person they should marry. And there's people in our circles and it's funny to think of certain girls in particular I think about Connor Mm -hmm. marrying them and I'm like oh that would be such a bad combination you know like people that are just (laughs) like him oh my goodness the poor children they'd have no hope everything would be so scheduled and regimented it'd be like you know the military (laughs) right 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 and you don't grow iron sharpens iron you don't grow exactly Exactly. So I think I think it's a good thing. I think as we I think homeschool moms worry so much about these things that we, if you get down in the weeds and you miss the big picture. Because mm-hmm. this isn't just about subject matter learning. This is about life, mm-hmm. about learning in all things, about learning about people, learning about relationships, learning about how to, nav- how to navigate life navigating with other people while all the while learning subjects. Exactly. Really, to me, subjects are secondary. Right. Um, and right. But we worry. We get down in the weeds. And we, I mean, I did it. And you mm-hmm. worry that, um, you know, uh, they're not going to know how to do this, that, or the other. Did I cover this subject? And where are the gaps? And yet, I think being loosey-goosey by nature... I mean, because we really can't take credit for it, can we, Danielle? It's just no. the way we are. <laughs> it's so, just the way we are. <laughs> of, it is. And, but by, by virtue of being this way, we've had to let go and right. say, okay, well, I'm just going to trust God through this process and see what happens. <laughs> but what better way? Right. Right. So, and it, it's, I mean, I can tell you looking back now, it's, I, yeah. That's really what it was, and God filled in the gap. Right, right. And it is really neat to see just, again, just his wisdom in putting families together and who needs Mm -hmm. to go with who. And um, I I certainly have learned a lot of patience. I think that's probably the number one consistent thing I hear among moms of of what they've learned through homeschooling is patience. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you yeah. really, you really have to learn that, and you do. And when you're not with your children all day, you don't, you don't have to have that quality quite as much because they come home and they just go off to their rooms and do their homework, and you're kind of not really interacting as much. It's sad but true. And right. So I think that's right. a real benefit. Again, just the iron sharpening iron picture mm-hmm. that happens mm-hmm. oh yeah my, my kids know me good bad and ugly mm-hmm. there are no surprises right when you spend that much time with your children you will know each other good bad ugly and everything mm-hmm. in between and it is a wonderful thing because when you mm-hmm. go into adulthood and now you have adult children you can communicate you can work it out you can right you, it, it, it's, it's just it, it just is a different approach it's right well it's a deeper relationship yeah it is and it's not perfect and and it has its issues and but but Mm -hmm. they all (laughs) that's just human nature we always will exactly so exactly so okay i wanted to mention and i don't remember it was in relation to something you had said earlier but our schedule lately Mm -hmm. because again i'm very loose. We just haven't really come up with, you know, I used to with the older kids, I would at the beginning of the week, at least have a paper with the different days and I would write in things in each day. 
But I got to mm-hmm. tell you, with Corbin, I am just like off the charts relaxed. <laughs> I have a stack of <laughs> books that that I pull from, basically. So I'll just sort of mm-hmm. sort of have a rough idea in my mind of what we want to do. Um, the one thing that I am, and now we're kind of getting into curriculum more here, but it's it's all sort of together, the scheduling and the curriculum. But um, but I have this stack of books that that I pull from. And the main thing that I always make sure that we do every day is Bible. So if nothing else, mm-hmm. we're reading Bible, we're getting some basic, um, we have a book about Bible doctrines, a very, very basic book for kids. So we go through that. Mm-hmm. And we do a character training. And then it's sort of just kind of based on the day and what's been going on and, and, and that sort of thing. But we'll do either like a science book. Well, actually, we usually do those at lunch. But we'll do an animal notebook page, which is just we take a we've got this box full of cards about like all the not all the animals, but but a lot of animals, a lot mm-hmm. of different animals categorized. Mm-hmm. And he'll pull one of those and do a notebook page on that and do a drawing. Mm-hmm. And then we keep that in our animal notebook, which is a really neat thing and really fun for the younger mm-hmm. kids. So we do that a lot. And then, you know, I think the main thing for him right now with just the different subjects is just really figuring out what's what are the main things that I think he should have down at this age. Because, again, he's seven. And I know right. you're of this mindset, but just the better late than early mindset, because all of this stuff, right. it, it does come. And a lot of it comes mm-hmm. very naturally um, mm-hmm. to children. So with math, you know, I want them to understand the basic addition, subtraction facts and really have those down this year. And that's sort of what I've been doing, but very random, very, mm-hmm. um, very loose. We are very loose schedulers right now. And... It's worked for us, you know, and he enjoys it. He actually asks to do mm-hmm. school every day because he's that's enjoying great. it. I think that's one of the keys, don't you? Just mm, really I do too, yeah. Absolutely. Helping him learn to, learn to love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So one of the other really cool things is with our history, the kind of neat part is because we start with Bible, it really dovetails into the whole ancient history and so we've been doing that along, basically along with our Bible. And we have this really neat book we've been doing called um, Grandpa's Box. And it goes through, it's a grandpa that talks to his grandchildren about the different Bible stories. So he's presenting these Bible stories, but it's in the context of, of us being in a war against Satan. And so each, mm. each story, he presents it as like a war story. And he's got this little box of figures that he's carved and he'll pull out the figure that has to do with that story, and he'll give this little story. But Corbin has loved that book. And something that I do a lot of times is I'll take one resource, like this grandpa's box, and then I'll use that as my jumping-off point for other things. So we pull in the history, and then if there's anything, you know, science-related that comes up with the history studies, then we'll pull that in and, and, and kind of go that way. So I don't know if you ever did that sort of thing, sort of combining. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think we've that's sort of the life schooling approach is combining a lot of right. the subjects and and seeing where they fit in with other subjects. But I guess that's why it's a little bit hard sometimes to schedule it and to really plan it because it also depends on where their interests are. You know, because if you talk about a certain history story, if they light up when you're talking about catapults, well, then you might want to go that direction with studying more about that. So, so that's kind of well, and I think especially in the elementary ages, I think they that right, you have a whole lot of freedom when they're young like that to do those things because you've got a whole lot of time to talk about and read about and study Mm -hmm. history. and there's no hard and fast rules about, at all about when to study which portion of history. So, exactly. yeah, exactly. You know, doing it at like just exactly like you described, I think, is the, the best way. And that way they are learning that, you know, man has a story. God has a story about man and the world. And it's mm-hmm. much more interesting than 
you know, taking some dry textbook and studying some time period and memorizing dates and leaders right. and you know, right. doing that because you're interested in it is very different. And right. you can you can marinate on a time pe- uh, period or a war or mm-hmm. uh, like you said, catapults. You could build a catapult. You could mm-hmm. and you could do all these things and not worry about whether or not you finished a second grade history book, really. Right, exactly. It, well, that's the beauty of home education, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing, too, is it's a jumping off point. These are the years, and, and I just, I think it's so important for people to understand this because I really feel like we're doing so much wrong with education. I feel like mm-hmm. these younger years are when you let them explore and figure out who they are and yeah. what they're really interested in. By the time a child right. gets to high school, I just really believe that child should kind of know what's in them to do, that God's put in them to do. I feel like they right. should really have a good idea of who they are by that point. Not, okay, I'm in high school and now I have to complete all of these classes that may or may not mean anything to me so I can check off boxes so I can go off to college because that's what everyone does you know it's and just, do it for four more years <laughs> right and 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 then I'll pick a major and I think I want to do this so I'll do that and then I'll change majors halfway through and and then I'll go out and get a job that's not in my major and have debt like that pretty much you know it doesn't make sense christy and so i really feel like these young years are crucial let these children explore and learn who they are and discover what god's put in them so that in high school they can start to have a direction and if they take Mm -hmm. off with that direction and it doesn't require a college degree why in the world are you sending them to college and spending all your money and getting in debt yeah i agree with that well i agree with that that's what i tell my children if you mm mm-hmm yeah, it doesn't make sense. And I think we have this idea that, and I'm totally rabbit trailing here, but, you know, it's what we do best. But, you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense to me. And in our economy today, I think a lot of homeschoolers are not, are not paying attention because mm-hmm. there are so many opportunities to work from home on your laptop and be anywhere you want in the world. I mean, right. this is, this is, it's just the opportunity. And I know because I'm in this world, like I know internet marketing, I know what's out there. I know the opportunities mm-hmm. and these moms don't understand, like there is a different way that you can do this whole education thing and your children can be very successful by the time they well, get out. Do you think, do you think to that part of the problem might be because we do feel that we have something to prove as homeschooling oh, yeah. or home educating oh, parents yeah. that if you don't send your kid to college and they go off and they do something different than college, it's because they couldn't make the grade. They couldn't, yes. Yes. they couldn't, you know, cut it. They couldn't get into college when that's number one, it's not, that's not the measure of success. Right. Um, plus it's not about you. It's not about right. you proving that what you did, not you, Danielle, but one. No, it is I know, not I know about. What you mean. <laughs> not point well, it's not about me or anybody in particular, <laughs> right? But right. it's not about a homeschool parent proving whether what they did, whether or not it was right or successful or not. The goal should be about your child, this one individual child, because your children are all going to be different. This each child on their own, what is best for them? Right. What is their next? that I told my children I said look if what you want to do requires college then okay that's where we're headed Mm -hmm. if not then we'll find what's your next step for that because there is no point in wasting the time and money only to be miserable and come out like as you said with nothing you know debt and and so on and so forth and I totally agree with that I think the big hindrance is where where it's, it's, it takes so long to make that shift mm-hmm. for people in society. They still think, you know, it's like 1955 and college and fraternity and sorority. And that's, you know, right. in the name of your school, and that's what's going to make you successful. Well, then you've got to define success. What is success really right. and truly? And, and I guess different people, it can mean different things, but 
there are so many more opportunities. Now, I wish that opportunities that are there now had been there when I graduated high school because the day I graduated high school was one of the most depressing days of my life because all I could think was, oh, no, four more years. <laughs> then what? Yeah. I just felt like I'd gone from one prison to the next. Yeah. And when am I going to be able to really live my life? Exactly. I didn't feel like it was living life. I felt like it was just jumping through more and more hoops. And for what? Delaying it. It didn't. Yes. And But there were, what were the alternatives? There were hardly any alternatives. I mean, there wasn't right. even an internet, please. Let's don't even <laughs> talk about the date. So Are we that what old? does one do? <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but now, now there's so many more opportunities. And yeah. here's the thing, too. You take an 18-year-old and you try to push them into college, force them, and parents do it, bribe them into it, guilt them into it, force them into it. Somehow, eventually, that 18-year-old young adult is going to wake up and say, you know what, I don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I kind of hope they do, and they but it causes a rift with the parents and it causes stress mm-hmm. and it causes problems and they end up going and doing their own thing or they stick it out for the four years, but they're miserable and it is not necessary. Right. It's not necessary. It's not profitable. It's a waste of time. And when I say profitable, I mean relationally and monetarily in every way you can imagine. Yeah. It, it's no, it's no good. So yeah. yes. Well, um, that- that's the thing. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I get really no, impassioned good. about this topic. And I realize again yeah. that we're rabbit trailing a little bit. But so here's the thing too. College. Now, I don't want to say this across the board because there are good colleges out there. So I'm not, I'm not saying that it's all just a waste of time. And if you go to college, you're crazy and right. blah, blah, blah. But no, a lot of the whole system is just totally corrupt. And we see that in the news today. Like there's stars and famous people buying off colleges so their kids can get in. And, and you know, right. you hear about these stories. And so what, what value is it really? You know, if anyone can kind of buy their way in, what does that mm-hmm. really mean? I don't know. It's just, it's just a whole crazy topic. It's becoming more and more diluted because they're making, they're making it easier to get in. They're making it, um, you know, they're wanting everyone just to go on and go, just like you go to public school, go on to college. Now, while I agree that the financial burden of college is ridiculous and definitely needs to be reformed in some way, shape or form, um, I don't think that it should be just a free-for-all where anybody can go because you've just diluted the value of it. I mean, are you just right. extending high school for four more years right, voluntarily? Right. Well, that's what it's It's become. just not compulsory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so circling back around then, back to the whole mm-hmm. high school thing, because this is sort of the point I want to make. We We get this idea then with the whole scheduling that, Okay, well, we can do the whole life schooly thing when they're younger, but then high school, we have to schedule every moment, like we we're talking about before, which totally brings stress right. and anxiety, and and for your kids too, not just for you as a right. mom trying to to be the puppet master of this whole thing, but for your children, it's stressful. Um, yeah, my son is just doing one course online this year, and that's like bad enough, and it's a very intensive mm-hmm. course, economics course. Um, and that was a whole God thing while we're, why we're doing it, because it was really something that, that um, God just brought to us. But anyway, that's another story. But the scheduling, it, here's the thing. The homeschool pioneers, people like Chris Davis, which I have another uh, podcast episode mm-hmm. that I did an interview with him. A lot of mm-hmm. these early homeschoolers, they didn't have the resources we have. And their kids, yeah. high school, and, and they were probably a little more like you and I, Christy, more laid back. I know Chris Davis mm-hmm. was. Um, mm-hmm. But their kids did amazing things in high school, and it was not mm-hmm. a hindrance to them going on and, and, and doing entrepreneurship, or even those that went to college. Because right. the ironic thing here 
is that colleges are looking for kids that have done real life experiences. They're looking for kids that have done these kinds of things that, that were promoting right. starting businesses and, and right. really doing real life stuff because right. we all know it's, it's more applicable to life doing real life. You know, it's, you get out of the theory, you get out of the, the, um, well, I guess just the theory of things and you get into doing it and practicing it. And that is learning that is, is so much more valuable. And so what we've kind of done with Connor in his high school years is we've looked at it sort of backwards. So we've taken the things that he's done what I did at the beginning of the year, and I would love to make a resource for people, hopefully prayerfully someday, I will get to that. But basically what we did at the beginning of this year, <laughs> and Connor mm -hmm. is, technically he should be a senior, but we called this the junior year because I needed a little more time to get my act together. So, mm -hmm. so what we did at the beginning of this year was I said, all right, Connor, here's a spreadsheet. We're going to plug in to every course that's kind of recommended for high school we're going to plug in every single thing that you've done so first of all we came up with this list big huge long list i said okay go through your bookshelf write out every single book or bring me stacks of books and you know we kind of did it together we're going to do this big long list of all of the books that you've read and how many pages they are and you know compile this list and then figure out how long it took you to read those books. And then we're going to put a list of documentaries and, you know, video resources, a list mm -hmm. of courses that you've done. And we went through like that with all of the resources that we have and even ones that he hadn't finished. We just figured out what did you do in this? Then we went in, we had our spreadsheet with the different classes for the different years freshman sophomore junior senior and we plugged in those hours into the different categories of classes so for example we figured out that british literature is pretty much done for him <laughs> because he's mm -hmm. read so many different things by dickens by different authors that covers that so mm -hmm. you know i may go back and say all right maybe learn a little bit more about this author or or for example, you know, go back and kind of fill in some of the quote unquote gaps or things that I feel would mm -hmm. give him a fuller view of whatever subject it is. But that has been a very interesting way to do it because mm -hmm. it's very affirming to see that, wow, you know, without really scheduling or, or really figuring out what he needs to do to check these boxes, he has just by way of real life and his interests and the things that we have done that, that were more academic, he has managed to complete a lot of these courses or to, to get a good mm -hmm. bit of them. And, and whatever doesn't fit neatly in those boxes, we create another course, computer programming. You know, he has a right. lot, a lot for that one <laughs> because right. he's basically right. an expert level with computer programming better than my husband in some areas and my husband works in IT. So that's valuable. That has real value. Yeah. And absolutely. all of these things that he's done have real value. I don't yeah. know why we fall into this. Well, I do know why, because it's just what, what we've been told and it's, it's what we've learned is the quote unquote right way to educate. But we fall into this trap of thinking that every child needs all the same things. And they just don't because God did not create every child exactly the same. And True. the purpose for every child well, is not exactly the same. No, no, not even in individual and in families. It's not exactly. Right, right. No, and and, it, and you know, too, Danielle, this whole thing of what you're talking about, the idealism and all, and, and beyond theory, college is looking for kids who have experience beyond theory, which is a little funny, depending on the college, you might be, ref, you know, one might reference, but um, because parents have done such a not stellar job, knock down a stellar job of making sure their children don't have to deal with real life. 
being homeschooling, we want our children to deal with real life. We want them to have real life experiences. We want them to have right. jobs. We want them to be entrepreneurs. We want them to actually do things. Mm-hmm. Whereas kids, for the most part, in school, some of them might work part-time jobs. Many of them do not, and all they know is school, studying, maybe an extracurricular activity, whatever, mm-hmm. all the way through college. They, all they have is theory. They have no practical skills. They, they, don't, they don't know how to manage money. They don't know how to deal with people, customer service, um, working a job, adhering to a schedule, being under a boss. And by the time they go through college, they have, you know, even if they do an internship, that's pretty cushy. They come out and they call it adulting if they have to pay a bill. <laughs> and because they've lived their life in theory, they have lived right. their life in idealism. They've never really lived life. They've lived in this formulaic, very planned, very organized, very scheduled life, many of them from six weeks on. And I, right. I know I could take some flack for this, but I don't care because I know I'm right on this. <laughs> and the thing, the thing is, is that life schooling allows children to actually live a life. So the children feel they matter now. They're not waiting right. to matter. They right. matter now. Right. How many kids would be, would be spared depression and suicidal thoughts and, God forbid, suicide if they knew they mattered now? They're not sitting around waiting to matter. Right. And to me, that's one of the beauties of life schooling because you don't just think in theory. You don't just, not just idealism. You let your kids do things. And then look, you look back at what they did and you quantify it on paper and you're amazed at all that they did. And they're amazed at all that they did. Mm-hmm. And that is a beautiful gift to your child. And if more yes. children have that gift of actually being able to live a life and realize that they matter now, they're not waiting to matter. Right. And by the way, one of my pet peeves, adult is a noun, not a verb. Okay, and I'll be quiet. Amen, sister. I'll say say no more on that. (laughs) No, but I totally agree. Everything you just said is just—it's just so true. And I'm not coming down on the kids. I'm—I may be coming down on their parents. I'm not coming down on. This is all they know, and so it's a big deal to go do something. Somebody wrote a article recently. I think I saved it off. I can't reference it off the top of my head about the, the top complaints of millennials. You know, and it's not about, you know, um, world peace or anything major. It's about, oh, my friend's mad at me. Oh, I have to, you know, pay this bill. Or I mean, <laughs> things that you and I would just roll on the floor laughing about. But wow. to them, it's very real. So I'm not laughing at them. Those things are very real to them. They don't, they can't handle much stress. Well, I guess right. if you've lived in kind of a bubble, you're not going to be able to handle stress. Right. I, I think it's good for kids to live life, and we should let them live life. And that's what you're doing. You're letting your kids live life and take their knots and take their bumps. Right. Do trying out their different theories, trying out their cha- their, their the challenges that they have when while pursuing their interests. Because I know your kids, and I know some of what they've done, and they they have taken big leaps and big steps trying out all these cool things. But they also have learned things along the way about themselves and they've had to you know sometimes you learn when you now I'm not saying your kids have failed that's not what I mean but I know well, that when you step out fails. like that yeah right you you make some mistakes and you learn mm-hmm. from it but they've been able to do that and learn that while under your and your husband's guidance and care right. Right. in a loving environment and that's why your kids are going to do amazing things oh well as adults, they do them now. Your kids are already doing amazing things. But well, that will just continue in their life because and, you've given them that gift. Well, and you know, Christy, I think, that's, I think that's why I get so passionate about this topic because it's like my children are, I don't want to say my children are anything special. Of course they're special. They're special to me, you know, and, and they are special because every child is. They are. But Right. But that's the point is every child is like... But right. moms who are Every listening child to this, your child can do these things too. And that's why we're right. so passionate about this topic, Christy and I, because we just know that that there's such potential in each child to really blossom into who God mm-hmm. created them to be while they're young, yeah. while they're under your roof, like you were saying, while they can make mistakes mm-hmm. and still, and it mm-hmm. doesn't cost them you know, their 
job or their you know if you could start a business right, when you're young right and you don't have a family to support and that's just an example i'm using but what better time and so right. yes i'm i'm just very passionate about this whole topic and just um just want people to understand the potential with life schooling and and with especially in the high school years, kind of taking a different approach to this whole thing. Because this is what, again, what the pioneers did, what the homeschool pioneers did. And it worked. And mm-hmm. their children are mm-hmm. successful, thriving adults today. And the maturity that it right. builds in your children, too, is another thing that's yeah. amazing to watch. Because they're being, it is. they're adulting. <laughs> I use that for you, Christy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, goodness. No, but, that's very true. You know, I, noticed but, this, I mean, I've observed the same things. It's very true. Right. They have to learn how to do adult things. So therefore, that maturity is going to come with it instead of you saying, did you do your math? Did you do your biology? Did you, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're exploring things on their own in areas that interest them and that God has right. designed them to do. And therefore, it's a self-motivation. And it transfers over yeah. to things that they don't like as much. I've seen this. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's just amazing to watch, but anyway, we have to kind of wrap this thing up already. I just feel again, like I could talk to you forever about these topics and we could rabbit trail all evening. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, good. But one more thing I did want to ask you, because this is talking about pet peeves. Here's my pet peeve. And I want to talk Mm -hmm. about as far as scheduling, did you take certain days off because there are moms out there, Christy. There are moms who make their children do school on a snow day. Oh, that's just abuse. <laughs> it's abuse. <laughs> Let your kid go out and go down the hill in a sl- with a sled, for goodness sakes. Just do it. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, me too. And it, I mean, I wanted to be out in the snow. I know. And I wanted a reason for them to go out and play. And I'll just make hot chocolate and keep throwing things in the dryer. Why not? Especially know, where hey, we live in the South. Come on. Yeah. Hey, I go I mean, out on maybe that. if I lived... Pardon? Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, listen, I go out on that hill with them. I'm down in that sled because we have an awesome hill, our driveway. There you go. And it's so fun. Well, there you go. You know, and maybe maybe in areas where it snows all the time and it's not such a big deal, I can get that. Right, right. But especially where we live. Yeah. <laughs> if it snows and you don't let your kids go out, that's just cruel. I mean, that's just, <laughs> I don't care if you say, well, they need to go out after they do their schoolwork. No. I know. I know. No. Yeah. No. Moms are always let like, them go out. you hear them, well, it's a great motivator. I tell them when you're done your school, you can go out. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> and this is just no. again, personal pet peeve. If you do this, yes. you know, you're not going, <laughs> you're not sinning or whatever, but. In my book, it's sin, but that's okay. <laughs> you do what right. you want to do. But yeah, the snow days, we do not do any school on snow days. It's a fun day and no. we enjoy it. And I'll tell we you what, either. Christy, let's think of it this way. Years from now, are your children going to say, hey, remember when it snowed and we got to stay inside and do math and grammar? That was awesome. <laughs> no, they're going to say, remember when it snowed and you came out and got all bundled up and went down the sled on the hill with us? You know, exactly. that's what they're going to say. And and we all and that's, hot and chocolate. That's it. And, yeah. yeah. You yeah. are shaping their childhood. You are shaping their memories. And you should be enjoying the days. If, yes. if you as a mom are not enjoying the days, now you're not just going to be in every single moment. But at, in a general sense, mm-hmm. it should be enjoyable. And if it's not there, you need to tweak something. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. So, so oh, I we wanted- took Fridays off. Did you? We didn't we, do yeah, Fridays. We basically do too. Now we'll do some stuff, but it's lighter. I like to do fun projects. Or in the old days, when, yeah. when people actually went on field trips in the old days, we would go on field trips <laughs> with people because that was yeah. more common. And again, I miss right. those days. Those of you listening to this podcast, start doing field trips and start park days. I'm just saying yeah. we need more park days and field trips and. And this more relaxed kind of approach because all of the co-ops are taking over and no one has fun anymore. So I'm going to say at the end of this scheduling podcast, have fun. (laughs) Yes. And birthdays. Take birthdays off. 
Um, and I'll hello. say, yeah, and I'll say something too. That's one thing that that's always been important to our family, and it's really special. John will take off every birthday at the beginning of the year. He schedules it. He does not work on anybody's birthday, and a lot of times we'll that's go to the very zoo sweet. or yeah. It's been really special, and this year, bonus, all of our birthdays fell on a holiday or a weekend. <laughs> No way. So they're freebies. That's awesome. I know. So I'm like, great. <laughs> we can this go on the next year. vacation. <laughs> That's awesome. That's uh, funny. But yes, yeah, so this has been fun. I've really enjoyed talking about scheduling and rhythm. I like that. I'm going to use that one. Doing a rhythm sure. instead of instead of a schedule or a routine. And hopefully this is going to mm-hmm. be really encouraging. I know it will be encouraging too everybody who listens and thanks again christine really appreciate having you yeah oh i always enjoy being on with you danielle thank you very much me too and that's life as a life schooler hope you'll join us next time and be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode 